A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for critical thinking. Welcome into critical thinking. Yes, I am Andrew Coppins. And no, I'm not alone anymore. After a week in the wilderness by myself, Mr. Padoni has decided to finally grace us with his presence. Week in the wilderness? Are you serious? Yeah. I felt alone, Pat. What were you like, Moses? Like, seriously. Don't don't compare me to Moses. But you, you, you said you were in the wilderness. Right. You left me alone by myself. For an entire week, whatever was I supposed to do, Pat? So, so I mean, oh wait, 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 hang on. Like the famous song says, "Carry on my wayward son." That's exactly what I did. I carried on and carried this show on my back, Pat. As as a wayward, as a wayward son, you are correct. Yeah, yes, because you are a wayward son. Let's be honest. Some would. uh, You are wayward. You are a uh, a son of a bitch. I'm. I'm your anchor. Just, just so you know. Like yeah, weighing I, me I down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weighing yeah. me down. Yep. <laughs> Welcome back, Mr. Padoni. You can Thank find you. him at The Padoni Show on all of your socials. You can find me at The Coppin Show on the Twitters, on the uh, Facebook. Instagram is at Critical Thinking Show. Of course, criticalthinkingshow.com, criticalthinking.locals.com, whatever floats your boat on those things. Um, but yes, you can see the show every single Monday through Friday on the Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. And of course, do not forget, if you are listening via podcast for the first time, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, download the podcast as you do so. You help us grow. And we have seen um, explosive growth, Pat. Explosive growth. In fact, November was our single biggest month um, in our podcast history, in our show's history. So I want to say thank you to everybody who helped us grow quite a bit in the month of November. Did you know that, Pat? I I didn't know that it was the most explosive month. I knew we were having a really good time, though. Yeah, it was our uh, it was our biggest month ever to date. And um, 
yeah, good news there, right? Right. So with that, let's get into the first uh, show. Well, not the first show in December, but the first uh, dual show in the month of November. And whatever shall we be talking about, Pat? I, I, I can't imagine there's a story that broke late on Friday night or anything like that. That like, um, Yeah, the, the, I can't think of anything that happens. I mean, it's, it's kind of like... Uh, because oh, you know, I, I don't know about back. you, Pat. I, I only tried to watch ABC, NBC, and CBS, um, and mm -hmm. CNN, and MSNBC this weekend. Uh huh. Uh huh. Were they? And, and nothing happened, according nothing, to them. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Huh? Yeah. Um, according to them, nothing happened, Pat. I I, I feel like this is going to be an "I told you so" moment. Why would why? Well, see, do you remember back in um, give or take October of 2020, a, a certain story about a certain laptop that broke from the New York Post? Do, do What's you remember a Tony Bobulinski, Pat? <clears throat> t t yes, Tony. Well, Tony Bobulinski was part of this. Yes, uh huh, uh huh. Are you, do you suggesting to me that? Um, are you about to suggest to me that another shoe dropped in that story? Yeah, I actually I I am about to suggest that that something else dropped in that story. In fact, I'm not even about to suggest that. I'm about to suggest that um, Twitter, before Elon Musk so graciously purchased it back in 2020, um, interfered with the 2020 election. Wait, what? Yeah, they, they they interfered with the 2020 election. Uh-uh. No, wait. No, 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 no. Totally above board. This is a company, Pat. This is not a this is not a pack. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So are you trying to say that big tech can't influence or no, interfere? No, no, they're not a election? pack. They they oh. are they are just a Neutral arbiter. Oh, they're neutral. Neutral, mm -hmm. you say. Mm -hmm. it, 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 let me ask you something. Is it neutral when you are a company that uh, is predominantly run by people, say, on the left? Is that neutral? When most of your employees make up the uh, – um, or the makeup of your company and almost all your employees are left-leaning? If not extreme leftists, is that is that neutral? Especially when it comes to content moderation and deleting um, tweets Pat, and deciding who know censored and who you, isn't. You take your political hat off when you walk into the Twitter headquarters, and then you put it back on oh. when you leave. Oh, you do, you do. Are you are you sure that's what happened? I am pretty sure the exact opposite happened, actually. Because, exactly. Oh, wait, that's wait, my wait point for this. Here. Um, Every single thing that we thought about in October of 2020, if we wanted to go back to uh, to telling this story, was not only proven to be true, we talked about the fact that Twitter and its ilk were active in the su uh, suppression of this story because we talked about what they did to the New York Post. People need to remember this. Back in October of 2020, 
When this story broke, it broke vis-a-vis the New York Post. The New York Post got this story. And it was dangerous Russian disinformation. In fact, I have some proof of this. Are, are you ready for that? Pat, are you ready for this it. proof of this was a big Russian disinformation campaign? Remember that. This is what the yep, left told us. Congressman Adam Schiff, a Congressman, thanks so much for joining us. Does it surprise you at all that this information Rudy Giuliani is peddling uh, very well could be connected to some sort of Russian government disinformation campaign? We know that this whole uh, smear on Joe Biden uh, comes from the Kremlin. Clearly, the origins of this whole Kremlin smear, the Kremlin are from the Kremlin, the Kremlin and pushing out this Kremlin, Kremlin narrative, Kremlin and the Kremlin, the Kremlin, the Kremlin from the Kremlin, the Kremlin. The Kremlin, Kremlin propaganda, Vladimir Putin, Putin, the Russians, are Russian threat, false smear and smear, smear, smear. The Russians, the Russians are the Russians. It's really incredible. Congressman Adam Schiff, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Wow. Um, first of all, Adam we know that this is not Russian disinformation. We knew that a long time ago. That's that was proven a long, long time ago. Right. Vis-a-vis the FBI, the FBI, you know, telling us that this is a real laptop, that this is a thing that they've that they had in their possession for almost a year, by the way, before all this um, broke. Right. Um, Say what? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we we have that. Also, uh, Pat, just so you are aware, our uh, CNN Tony Bobolinsky update, Pat. Yeah. If you search his name. Mm hmm. Not a single thing um, on everything at CNN. There's not a single uh-huh. thing that exists on CNN.com that is uh, Tony Bobolinsky. Not one. And it's over two years later. Now, if I search Biden laptop, Pat. Oh, boy. This morning. <clears throat> we, this is breaking news. Okay. This morning. Um, I, I just want you to know this. This is an opinion piece by trying to find it here. Dean Obadala. Never heard of him. Um, is a former attorney and the host of Sirius XM Radio's daily program, The Dean Obadala Show. Okay. Elon Musk Twitter is helping to normalize a neo-Nazi. Huh? Elon Musk apparently is trying his hand at creating a major media story by the release of what he calls the Twitter files, which include internal Twitter documents from October of 2020, showing the social media company's executives debating whether to allow postings on the platform of a New York Post article about a laptop Hunter Biden reportedly owned. See, this is the problem with this. And we'll get into this in a little bit. But, folks, this is this morning, okay? Two, three days after the release of the quote unquote Twitter files. So, I'm going to file this in part of what we're going to talk about later on in this program, which is the less response to all of this, because it's absolutely insane. But I just wanted you to know if you type in Biden laptop, the first story that comes up is Elon Musk neo Nazis. This is where we are, folks. So, 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 so basically, they're, they're still trying to censor this story two years later. Oh, even right. We'll get into that. We'll get into this. Okay. But let's get into the, the crux of the matter here. Because what was really found in these um, in the in these things is that 
you know, Musk is what he is attempting to do here is is basically burn burn the house down to build it back up, right? It, it is akin right. to buying a a home for the property and the home is going to be demolished and something new will arise from it. This happens quite often. It's called, wait for it, redevelopment, Pat. And that's exactly what's going on here. Musk has seen inside the soul of Twitter, if you will, decided that its soul is rotten to its core and it needs to be burnt to the ground and rebuilt. And this is the 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 portion of rebuilding for me. Trust in that hey, here's the things that we did wrong and here's how we're going to correct them going forward as a company. I believe that's where he's going with this. But he told us that he is releasing the information because it was necessary to restore public trust. Um, Matt Taibbi, um, I hope I'm not butchering his last name, but Matt Taibbi, um, who, by the way, spent most of his career um, championing far-left causes, like this was not even a this is a this is somebody who the far left loved up until about uh, 2.2 seconds ago when it comes to uh journalism. So this was the guy that he chose to do this with because this individual had leftist cr uh credibility up until a few years ago, okay? But he's more interested as a journalist in being an actual journalist. This is what actual journalists will do. They will get the information from the sources, source the information out, and then try to figure out the story, right? So, Taibi began uh, uh, by explaining that the company was, quote, slow, slowly forced to add tools for controlling speech that were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. Slowly over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well, first a little, then more often, then consistently. By 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another, more to review from the Biden team. The reply would come back, handled. And when you see it, um, this is uh, tweet number eight in the tweet thread. Okay, because the story is not on a Substack. The story is not anywhere else. It's only on Twitter. So you have to go to Twitter to get the story, which I absolutely love about what Musk decided to do here. Now we're gonna we're gonna host this, and this is going to exist on Twitter. And you can see it on October twenty fourth of twenty twenty. It is one, two, three, four, five different um, tweets that they wanted removed. Now. All of these things, you can see the username because it's twitter.com backslash username status, right? That's all. That's how they do that. And then the, the number, which is the, the, the tweet, right? What, you're, what you notice here, Pat, is that none of these, none of these five are big name celebrities. I don't recognize any of these. These could all be bots. These could all be whatever. But more to review from the Biden team. What does this tell us? This is telling us the story that the, the, the Biden campaign was active in suppressing speech that they didn't like. Whether the speech was true or untrue is irrelevant. Because here is the rub on all of this. Here it is, Pat. 
It doesn't matter if it was true or untrue. Speech is speech. I have the ability to say something that is false. I have that ability. Is it right? No, that's wrong. But we have to be the discerning consumers of information. And we have refused to do that as a society because we just want things handed to us. It's one of the great things of Twitter. It's one of the downsides of Twitter and social media in general is that we get the snippet, but we don't get the full, right? And that we have to understand that we we can't just trust. We have to verify. We have to critically think. But in 2020, October of 2020, what Matt Taibbi puts out for us is that the Joseph Marionette Biden campaign. Oh, I mean, Joseph Robinette Biden campaign, because he hadn't been totally marionetted yet. They were actively attempting to censor speech that they deemed to be bad. That was putting Joseph Marionette Biden in a bad light. Now, um, here's the rub on this, Pat, because I want to be fair. It's not just the left that was doing this. However, Matt Taibbi points out some problems. In, in number 10 on his list, both parties had access to these tools. For instance, in 2020, requests from both the Trump White House and the Biden campaign were received and honored. However, he continues to tell us this, Pat. This system was not balanced. It was based on contacts. So which side had which kind of contacts and which kind of pull within those contacts that they had? Because Twitter was and is overwhelmingly staffed by people of one political orientation. There were more channels, more ways to complain, open to the left than the right. He points this out on contributions by party of recipient. Okay. Um, let me pull this up real quick for you. Um, in the thread, though, um, he points this out vis-a-vis -vis open secrets, okay? What you have to know about this is that the uh, contributions by party. In the 2022 cycle, okay, Democrats received 99.73%. 99.73% of all Twitter employees donated, if they donated at all, to the Democrats. In 2018, that number was 96.38. And in 2020, 98.47. In 2022, Twitter employees donated a total of $451 to Republicans. And that's not to say, well, they should be donating more. This is to say, this is a company who, who was wholly owned, wholly in bed with one political party. That's the story here for me, Pat. That is the absolute story here. But we have other parts to this story that really matter. And uh, Pat, I know that we, we're going to highlight four of them, correct? Well, we'll highlight at least four, and then we'll, we'll the others we'll talk about in the background. But yeah, all right. So let's go through the first of these, okay? And this is okay. uh, number eighteen on his list. 
By the way, um, this is after he points out that on October 14th of 2022, the New York Post published Biden's secret emails and expose based on the content of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop that, by the way, is 100% authentic. Remember, I just played for you the Adam Schiff stuff. But here is number 18. Twitter took extraordinary steps to suppress the story, removing links and posting warnings that it may be, quote unquote, unsafe. They even blocked its transmission via direct message, a tool hereto, though, reserved for extreme cases, IG or EG child pornography. So this story got unprecedented suppression, okay, on Twitter. For what? We we've said for the longest time that the the suppression was the point. It was it was to win the election. That's right. the suppression, right? The the suppression is the point. The cheating is the is the goal. The suppression was the goal. Because if they could suppress this story, even if there's a meet if if there's a mild modicum of suppression of the story and there's a a pushback for 24 hours who cares you can't see the story the new york post the new york post didn't have their twitter account back for what almost a year two Something years like that yeah a legitimate right. source of news mm. and then and then to go and basically call it in extreme cases child pornography how how no no how they weren't calling it child pornography they were using he was saying that the the blocking of direct messaging so ah. you couldn't dm the story to somebody else the mm -hmm. the only thing that this was really used for this this suppression of those types of of direct messages was only ever mm -hmm. used for the suppression of dissemination of child porn which i think is a great thing and by the way little right. known fact um Child pornography and um, the exploitation of children is down 80% on Twitter right now. That is awesome. That's a great story, by the way. Yeah. Well, we are not done. Um, let's go on to the second part of this, because these are all basically in a row. But White House mm -hmm. spokeswoman Kay uh, Kaylee McEnany was locked out of her account for tweeting about the story, prompting a furious letter from Trump, uh, from Trump campaign staffer Mike Hahn, who seized at least pretend to care for the next 20 days. And he points this out. Um, this goes to um, Lauren Duvall, uh, Twitter government and politics, and others. He goes on to say, Kaylee McEnany has been locked out uh, from her account for simply talking about the New York Post story. All she did was cite the story in firsthand reporting that has been reported by other outlets and not disputed by the Biden campaign. I need an answer immediately on when and how she will be unlocked. I also don't appreciate how nobody on this team called me regarding the news that you'll be censoring news articles. Like I said at the time. I just. Holy smokes. So you see how in concert both sides actually are with this company. And it's going to get me to a broader point. And, um, one that I think is very important on this, and and we'll we'll talk about our own takeaways. But Pat, what do you what do you have to say on on this particular um, part of the thread? This is why I don't like content moderation. Period. On on any social media platform, because context matters, and 
when you're trying to sit there and moderate content, especially if you're trying to do it by via algorithm, how do you discern context? How do you discern meaning, intent, all of the above? And and that is the problem with this. That is the problem with suppressing things like this and and suppressing speech because how do you how do you rectify how do you how do you reconcile those things um so many things have been taken out of context over the years mm-hmm. on both sides of the aisle uh, and yet we want to censor 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 well isn't the best way to get clarity on any issue is to speak and isn't the best way to get to the truth of the matter to speak i mean the election aside for for just a second if you want someone that is a good decent moral leader in office and you have this story that comes out about them that that would question their character wouldn't you regardless of what side of the aisle you're on wouldn't you at least want the truth of the story so that you as a voter could make an informed decision about who to put in that office. Wouldn't you want that? Twitter didn't. And that's the problem. Yeah. I I keep saying this. The answer to bad speech is more speech. That's the, the answer isn't to suppress it. Because by suppressing it, you just make it more dangerous, if you will. Right. Right. And, and, And thus more. Ooh. No, the answer is to speak louder, to speak in not necessarily in in greater volume, but to continue to speak and and show how insane this is, right? Right. But we're not done. We got three. We got a couple more to go here before we get into the be or not to be for the first time in a while. <laughs> um, but notice this. This is right after the the talk of the White House spokeswoman uh, Kaylee McEnany. <clears throat> He, uh, Matt Taibbi says, this led public policy executive Carolyn Storm to send out a polite what the F query. Several employees noted that there was tension between the comms policy teams who had little or less control over moderation and the safety trust teams. Basically, it's like, oh, could you take a closer look? Okay, great. Then we go to this, Pat. Storm's note returned the answer that the laptop story had been removed for violation of the company's, quote, hacked materials policy. Hi, Carolyn. Thanks for reaching out to us. Per checking, the user was bounced by site integrity for violating our hacked materials policy, adding them here for further insights and guidance. So they were using hacked materials. This this is the problem from the very get-go. They made up a hacked materials thing. This wasn't hacked in any way, shape, or form. This was found. This was found a hundred percent legitimately, and the FBI knew about this. And by the way, Twitter knew about this laptop's existence. Twitter knew about this. We find this out later on throughout the story, right? Matt Taibbi exposes the fact that the FBI had met with Twitter. They didn't necessarily tell them there's a laptop, blah, blah, blah. They told them that there was a piece of information, right? They they broadly hinted that this story is true. They did so back in 
August, I want to say, of 2020, somewhere around there, July or August. And this gets to part of the left um, and its reaction, and, and I want to be clear on this. One way or another, Twitter knew that this laptop's existence was real the entire time. Okay? They knew this was real the entire freaking time. It is unbelievable to me that they wouldn't have known it. It's unbelievable to me. <laughs> you don't have this much information. And with what Matt Taibbi is is throwing out here, you don't you don't have all this information, and then can say that Twitter didn't know about it because there, there's no way that you do most of this without knowing what's really going on. There's no way. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not surprised. But guess what? <laughs> Somebody figured this out. Ro Khanna, Congressman Ro Khanna, Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna, okay, quote, a fundamental problem with tech companies and content moderation. Many people in charge of speech know, care little about speech and have to be told the basics by outsiders. In one humorous exchange on day one, Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna reaches out to um, Viaja Gaddy. The, the now disgraced former head of trust and safety at Twitter right. to gently suggest that she hop on the phone to talk about the, quote, backlash RE speech. Kana was the only Democratic official I could find in the files who expressed concern. And what was his concern? Not over the contents of the speech, but over speech in general. Gaddy replies quickly, immediately diving into the weeds of Twitter policy, unaware that Kana is more worried about the Bill of Rights, <laughs> Taibbi continued. Kana tries to reroute the conversation to the First Amendment, mention of which is generally hard to find in the Twitter files, okay? Um, Ro Kana to Viaja Gaddy. Ro Kana, um, by the way, we now have his rokana one at gmail.com email address. Like, come on, are you freaking serious? Like, you, you should not be using Gmail as a... Uh, no. Not As a all. congressman, what what the hell? I'm um, hoping very well, Viaja, but this seems a violation of the First Amendment principles. If there is a hack of classified information or other information that could expose a serious war crime and the New York Times was to publish it, I think the New York Times should have that right. A journalist should not be held accountable for the illegal actions of the source unless they actively aided the hack. So to restrict the distribution of that material, especially regarding a presidential candidate, seems not in the keeping of the principles of New York Times versus Sullivan. I say this as a total Biden partisan and convinced he didn't do anything wrong. But the story now has become more about censorship than relatively innocuous emails, and it's become a bigger deal than it would have been. He's right on that, by the way, I believe. I, I, mm. I believe that it's, it was a bigger deal than maybe it would have been. I think he's right. I don't think he's right on the innocuous emails. I don't think there's a lot in there that's not innocuous, but it is now leading to serious efforts to curtail Section 230, many of which would have been a mistake. 
I believe Twitter itself should curtail what it recommends or puts in trending news, and your policy against QAnon groups is all good. It's a hard balance. But in the heat of a presidential campaign restricting dissemination of newspaper articles, even if New York Post is far right, seems like it will invite more backlash than it would do good. Please keep this communication just between us and Jack, and no need to CC the team or forward to them. Just wanted to offer my two cents. Within a day, head of public policy Lauren Culbertson receives a ghastly letter-slash-report from Carlos Sazbo of the research firm NetChoice, which had already pulled, uh, pulled 12 members of Congress, nine Republicans, three Democrats, from the House Judiciary Committee to rep Judy Chu's office. The thread continues. NetChoice let Twitter know a, quote, bloodbath awaits in upcoming Hill hearings, with members saying that it is a tipping point, complaining tech has grown so big that they can't even regulate themselves, so government may need to intervene. Mm. Now, we all know, we know all of these things. This is just proof of every single thing that we said in October of 2020 to be true. We knew Twitter was active in its suppression. We knew back then, or sus highly suspected, that this was done by political actors within Twitter. We know that largely they were just making bleep up on the go. We knew that this was a total left-wing organization. And I guess what I would like to know here is why does this story actually matter, Pat? Why does this whole story matter to you? If you could sum it up in a couple of minutes, why does this release of this information matter? Well, it, it matters in the sense of what we've talked about is shining a light on these companies, these entities, these policies, what have you. Mm -hmm. And it exposes them for what we've been saying for the last two plus years. It, it, shows its ugly head it, it if if anyone that, that's paying attention shows like hey like there really is a real deep problem here that that needs to be addressed and here's the light here's here's the issue here's here's everything that, that we've talked about uh-huh all coming to light all coming to fruition uh-huh that's why it matters is that there's a light being shown on it's been exposed and now now that it has been exposed those that ha that that understand what is going on now have the moral obligation, in my humble opinion, to do something about it and make sure that this never happens again. How do you ensure that? I guess is my question to you, Pat. That, that is the question I have. I, I I don't I don't have a good so answer for you. Let's, there. I, let's, I don't know. Let's hold off on that part of it till the second half of this program. But mm. um, for me, the reason this story matters is is twofold. Number one, it's proof that that um, that corporations are largely how shall I say this um, have largely been able to merge with political power. So you have powerful companies like Twitter, right, that that control the levers of dissemination of information in this country. It's no longer just the CNNs, the MSNBCs, you know, and, and like, you know, up front, I highlight oh, Tony Bobolinsky doesn't exist on CNN. When you type in Biden laptop, you get 
uh, Musk equals neo-Nazi supporter, right? Um, all that sort of stuff. It's not just that that uh, CNN and ABC and CBS, because guess what? They ignore stories all the time, and it's really hard to pick and choose which stories because I, I don't know if any of you have been in a newsroom or any of you have run a website, if any of you have had the ability to look at information and and say, okay, what, what's relevant and what's not, okay? That's a very difficult balance to, to, to get through. I've been there. I've run news desks on a sports front, but it's even difficult there because what's sports? What's sports news and what's – are you serious? Why the hell are we covering this, right? What's news and what's a fluff piece? Right, exactly. So, so I understand all of those things, but it's not the, the picking and choosing. It is Twitter controls your ability to even have that information disseminated in alternative to the picking and choosing that has to happen at ABC, CBS, NBC. Now, I'll say this. The picking and choosing always going one direction is the problem over there, obviously. So that's number one, right? Well, the biggest problem that we are seeing, Pat, is the merging of political power with corporate power. This is exactly what fascism looks like. This is the use of the biggest platform. Yes, only, what, 20% of Americans have a Twitter profile. But here's the rub. Beyond those 20%, another 40 to 50% of the American public understand and see the information that's coming from Twitter. It has a massive amount of power as to what gets seen and unseen. And <clears throat> the merging of that power this is what we see here, both on the right and the left. The ability for the politically connected to control the power, the levers of power within a corporation, and the corporation to influence an election like this. This isn't even about the Twitter employees' individual contributions. This is... This is a corporate power issue. They abused the First Amendment. And most importantly, Pat, um, where was this? Um, Sasbo reports to Twitter that some Hill figures are characterizing the laptop story as text access Hollywood moment. The First Amendment is an absolute Sasbo's letter contains chilling passages relaying Democratic lawmakers' attitudes. They want more moderation. And as for the Bill of Rights, it's not absolute. This is the other part of this. This is the exposing of the left's true feeling on freedom of speech. They don't actually believe in your ability to have freedom of speech. Only speech that they deem to be acceptable should be allowed. Look, I think there's a ton of abhorrent speech everywhere. I personally believe that, like, for instance, the, the Disney Plus series, Willow, that they have, like, a, a full-on lesbian character, apparently. I have no idea. It's I, a freaking it, so kid no show. It's a freaking mm. kids television show. What the hell? Why, why do you need that? Or, alternatively, why would you need to sexualize a children's show at all? Right. Why? What is the point of that? I find that to be abhorrent, but hey, if you want to do that, cool. 
I'm just choosing not to expose myself or or the people that I'm around to it, and I'm going to let parents discern whether or not they want that for their children. I would highly suggest if you decide to do that, that maybe maybe you should look into the shows before you start them with your children. That's what I would suggest. What? I'm not them. I'm not their parents. I don't have a right to do that. Yes, the First Amendment is absolute. There is, well, you can't yell fire in a theater. Yes, you can. That is the biggest myth about any Supreme Court decision of all time. That is not what this said. That is not what was said in that court filing. And again, context matters. Yes. The only time that there's liability in so much as you yell fire in a crowded theater is that if there's physical harm, right, you can yell it all you want. However, if there's if there is physical harm done, you're going to pay the price for that speech. You don't get to speak without consequence. That's not what the Supreme Court says, and that's not what the Bill of Rights says. Yes, you have the ability to speak as you wish. That doesn't mean you are free from being punched in the face or free from action from somebody else, right? You want to say, I'm going to bleep you, you mother bleeper, right? Somebody has the right to then act. That being said, the merger of corporate power and political power all in one direction. This suppression of this story swung the election. Because if people knew of a Tony Bobulinski outside of the Fox News um, conservative, maybe a little bit of the libertarian bubble, right? Outside of that bubble, if the general public had a freaking clue, this would have been it. This would have been the end. This would have been that October surprise, right? Instead, 83 million, <clears throat> allegedly, I, I still cannot believe that 83 million Americans looked at Joe Biden and said, yes, please. Or said, yeah, you know, things are so bad with Donald Trump that I want that. This ain't the Backstreet Boys. Nobody says I want it that way. Just, I struggle with that. But th that's the big story for me. The merger of corporate power and political power. That's fascism, my friends. That's literally corporations and um, the levers of power of government, not just communicating about breaking of laws or this or that, right? Literally deciding how a company works. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Jack Dorsey didn't know any of this was going on. And maybe that is a, a discredit to his leadership at this point in time. But also... How powerful Viaja Gaddy and some of these other people at the upper echelons of this company, they were excluding him. A good fiduciary uh, duty of this company is to include the CEO in those things. The CEO should have known. Because I know this about Jack Dorsey. As much as I know that he's of the left, I also know that he cares about free speech because he created Twitter for that. And he said as much. But think about this. The levers of governmental power basically marionetted not just Joseph Marionette Biden, but Twitter. It they were literally trying to attempt to tell Twitter how to 
run its day-to-day business, not just the regulation of its platform, if you will, but how to day-to-day operate its, its company. A good company says, bleep you and pound sand. Get out of here. You, you don't belong in here. And we're going to do what we think is right within the, the confines of the laws exists. And then if we don't agree with that, we're going we're gonna to be able to advocate for change. It's unreal to me, Pat. Just unfreaking real. But before we get into the left's response, before we get into some of the other things here with this story, I think it's an appropriate time for us to play the B or not the B. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm excited for this one. All right, lay it on me. All righty then. Today's headline. Nation relieved to no longer have to pretend to like soccer. Nation relieved to no, no longer to have to pretend to like soccer. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. And while you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks, if you haven't gone to coffeebrandcoffee.com, um, you really need to. Um, and for those that, that aren't, aren't watching Rumble right now, you really ought to be watching uh, the show on Rumble because uh, why I'm kind of laughing, uh, you'll understand why if you're watching. Um, so go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. They've got all sorts of different kinds of great coffee flavors over there, but if you're not a coffee drinker like me, they've got tea. But if you're also not a tea drinker like me, they've got hot chocolate. And by the way, the peppermint hot chocolate Oh my gosh, it is good stuff. <laughs> um, that is my by far, by far my favorite one of their hot chocolate blends that they have. So if you're interested, you, you like this kind of stuff, you, you need some stuff around the holidays for this with Christmas coming. Or if you need a good stocking stuffer, by the way, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, use the promo code critical thing and get five percent off your purchase today that's coffeebrandcoffee.com use the promo code critical thinking at checkout get five percent off your purchase today all right nation relieved to no longer have to pretend to like soccer um is this the b or not to be andrew coppins your answer it's the babylon b you would be correct sir this is the babylon Cause you, b because you and your ilk are a bunch of bastards i Seriously, hey, there's I'm nothing worse. I, I'm just going to say this, and I don't care if it offends uh, anybody at this point. Uh, there is seriously uh, nothing worse than the America, bitches. Uh, oh, ha, 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 ha. America, America, America. And then, mm-hmm. see, this is not an American sport. <laughs> Back to football. <laughs> yeah. It's dumb. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's just yeah. the dumbest argument ever. Like, seriously. Um. I'm it's just awful. glad that it's we, terrible. I'm just it's glad no that good. we no longer have to to watch uh, Team Rainbow Jihad try to compete. Yeah, I okay. Uh, that, that that's just me personally. Sure, that's that's fine. Except for you know that that's a personal choice. But it's it's always this like you know this hyper masculine conservative like backwoods you know bullshit. America, bitches! America's only about football and God. 
N- no. Just no. It's just, well, it's um, just a stupid argument. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you see this all over, to, really, why, why is America just about football? If we if we didn't like soccer, really, in 1930, we liked soccer enough to uh, to produce a team that went all the way to the final of the World Cup. So, <laughs> I mean, it's like, what? What the hell are you talking about? Sure, it's not as popular, except for it's the most played sport in America. And sure, it's not as popular as the NFL, except for every single team in Major League Soccer that you said wouldn't last five years um, has at least a 25,000-seat stadium to play in of their own. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, to each their own. But I'm telling you this right now, the NFL is less popular today than it was five years ago than it was 10 years ago. I mean, you're not wrong about that. So what do you want me to do with that information? You, you know, it's like I could crap all over the NFL if I wanted to. I love both. What's how is it? How is it not possible to enjoy multiple sports? Like I got this one person. Well, an NHL, an NHL uh, a game on the NHL network outdoes a EPL game. Um. Yeah. No. Number one. And <laughs> number two. The fact that over a million people watch a game at 6 a.m. in the morning here in the central time zone every Saturday tells you all you need to know. Okay, a million people. You know how hard that is to do? CNN doesn't even pull those kind of numbers in prime time for crying out loud. Now, that having been said, guess what? The United States games... In the this World Cup, Pat, were the most watched U.S. games ever in a World Cup, ever. Okay. So to the to the crowd of people who are like, well, the, and they don't even equal the NHL. Um, are you sure about that? <laughs> we just had 50, uh, over twenty million people watch the U.S. Uh, England match. The U.S.-Iran match had 22 or 23 million people watching it in America. I'll give you a hint. The college football playoff championship game. Some of them haven't even reached that number. Some of them reach maybe 13, 15 million people. College football ain't even that popular. (laughs) So, you know, it's just a stupid argument. Like, okay, you have a preference. Great. You like red? I like blue. So freaking what? You know, like, <laughs> I don't understand the the having to, like, belittle and go after this, especially from the, the sports writing crowd. I really don't get that. Like, that's just wholly stupid. But it happens all the time. By the way, I just I just wanted to say thank you because I I knew that this this particular headline would get this kind of reaction out of you. Oh, well, of course, and it's it just made it more entertaining for me. I just don't. It's the dumbest thing. I d- I don't understand it. I really don't. Like, okay, guess what? I also like Aussie Rules football, Pat. Oh no, I ex- I would suggest that Aussie Rules football is a much tougher sport to play than football. <laughs> no pads. Full force running into each other, tackling each other, kicking, 
throwing a football all at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, if it's about masculinity, <laughs> right? I also happen to like hockey. Also super masculine and tough and rough. Rugby, uh, super masculine, it, right? It's oh, oh, you're an anti-American if you like soccer. It's just stupid. What makes you more American than me? I'm in front of a microphone talking about America, the First Amendment, every single Monday through Friday. Uh, does that make me more American than you? No. That's stupid. Anywho, speaking of stupid, um, so we talked about the, the substance of this, and I hope you get the point of the substance of the Twitter files. The substance is that Twitter and government, Twitter and political campaigns have been working side by side. Now, there were two pieces of other information that broke this weekend, Pat. Elon Musk hinted highly that they're coming out with another Twitter files that will prove that uh, Twitter had been working with the political candidate that is claiming to be the president of Brazil right now in concert to overthrow um, Bolsonaro, right? I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, Javier Bolsonaro, sure. right? Um, in mm. Brazil, who was considered the the right-wing extremist like Trump, right? That, that, whatever. I don't care about that. But we're talking about here in America helping to <coughs> not just influence a, a candidate's um, messaging, but to literally suppress information that could or couldn't dissuade somebody from voting one way or the other. I know people who, if they knew this piece of information, would not have voted for Joe Biden. Why? Because this information that comes out in, in the actual Hunter Biden laptop story shows that interconnectivity between and the um, potential for blackmail, the potential for wrong decisions to be made vis-a-vis not wanting to expose this further from Russia, Ukraine, China, India, in other places. So we have that. But what's the left's response to all this, Pat? The left's response is crickets, my friends. Absolute crickets. CNN, not an ounce of coverage. ABC, CBS, NBC News, not an ounce of coverage all weekend long. Not one ounce. And, they, and here's the thing. They will not cover this until uh-huh. they absolutely have to. Like, they can't ignore it anymore. Right now, they can still technically ignore it. Until they can't, they won't cover it. Yeah. And, of course, you know, um, daring to suggest that everybody gets a chance to speak um, is apparently akin to... Um, you know, wanting neo-Nazis on the platform. Okay, here's the rub. Neo-Nazis suck. They're awful. They're terrible. They're horrible. Here in America, here in the United States of America, we have free speech. It doesn't say that speech you like is the only speech that you get to interact with. It doesn't say that you must be protected from bad people speaking bad ideas. 
No, that's not how this works to CNN and to the others out there. You don't get to do that. But as I look at CNN, as I look at others, there the left's the left here has attempted again to rewrite the history of this story. The left had gone is going after Matt Taibbi and attempting to not just discredit him, calling him a right-wing extremist and and he has a a political axe to grind except for just 2 years ago you were citing Matt Taibbi as the gold standard of investigative journalism. Here's here's how CNN handles this story yesterday. Released Twitter emails show how employees debated how to handle 2020 New York Post Hunter Biden story. That's your takeaway from this? That's your takeaway from this. It's not that the that a major political candidate for the highest office, the office that well frankly does matter the most right now. I would argue it has, should have the least political power, but it's got the most right now. The person running for that <laughs> had direct, not just access, but direct influence over the corporate decisions of a company. That's not the story here. The story is that there was just a debate internally. No, there wasn't. There was no debate over how to handle this. None. The debate was which way do, what part of the Twitter user agreement do we abuse to, to, to suppress this story? Because the, the knee-jerk reaction was to suppress it. Because it was so dangerous. Because it was election season, right? And this had the chance to influence the election. You mean just like you did, right? You literally influenced the election by not allowing people to discern this information for themselves. And notice how the FBI did not come in on the backside and tell us that this story and that this revelation was true until well after the election was over. Well, James Comey didn't want a 2016 on his hands. Uh, you mean Andrew McCabe? Because Comey wasn't there at that point. Right, but the the FBI doesn't want another James Comey situation on their hands. Oh, 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 gotcha, 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 gotcha. okay, okay. So that's the left's reaction to this, to suppress the story about suppression, <laughs> and then to just pass it off if they do cover it as just a, it was just an internal debate. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. all right. That having been said, um, the right, Donald Trump has a reaction to this, right? Of course he does. Of course he does. What do you think he decided to do here, Pat? Oh, I think he decided to put up something on uh, Stay True Social that uh, ultimately called for the termination of rules, regulations, and articles even in the Constitution. That's right. The, the former president of the United States of America decides that the Constitution shouldn't apply anymore. And that we need to blow the Constitution up in order to... Wait, what? No, 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 and no. And if there was ever another reason, yet another reason to not vote for him coming in 2024, it's this. 
And then he also decided to highlight um, the investigation into the documents and the files and of all the things that he decided to take with him when he left the White House. This guy's a moron at this point. Like, what is going... Who's running his campaign at this point? How pissed would you be at him for, for doing this? <clears throat> Quote, a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our mm -hmm. great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. So I, I hesitate right. to I hesitate to entertain the insane rambling here. Mm -hmm. But I have a question for you, Pat. Mm -hmm. What is the remedy? Because I can make this argument that this was corporate and government power being abused to actually influence an election, to, to make sure that the outcome was driven one direction versus another. Okay, This wasn't the, the government go stepping in and saying, hey, by the way, um, yeah, we're, we're not going to you know, allow either side um, to do X, Y, Z. No, this was literally, no, no, no. We're going to take a piece of information that's damaging to one candidate and make sure that doesn't exist, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so if you could prove that this helped to fraudulently elect Joe Biden, or let's say any generic candidate in the future, mm -hmm. what the hell's right. the remedy for this? Um. I don't know if this is necessarily the remedy or not, but I think this could be at least a good start. Constitutional convention. A convention of states. Okay. Because and, and this is this is the reason why I'm saying this. Can I can I trust that our Congress, our our Senate, our legislature is going to rectify this? No. Can I trust that our press is going to tell the truth about this story. No. no. Can I trust any politician for that matter, whether they are currently in office or a former president, if you will, that they are going to get this right and, and ultimately get to justice at the end of the day? No, I don't. Because Donald Trump believes two things to be the remedy, by the way, Pat, that either right. he should just be declared the president in the United States of America or there should be a revote of the 2020 election. No, how the no, hell? you can't have either of those things at this point. Now, I will ask you, because I think this is a very valid question. Mm -hmm. Again, I agree with you that something should be done, but I, 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 what is the exact remedy for this? There is none. Here, that's the reality but, of the situation. That's why, I'm saying, that's why I'm saying there should be a convention of states, because do if what? I don't... I, to do, uh, it, I mean, if you want to amend the Constitution, sure, that would be one thing. Uh, to amend it to say what? I don't know. That's, but isn't that the kind of the point of the convention? So is to have it out. Potentially, but but here's mm -hmm. here's the rub on this. Okay, um, the federal government has little say in 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 the elections, other than right. the the. <clears throat> the federal election of the president of the United States of America. They have this much say in what uh -huh. goes on. 
other than like the Civil Rights Act and 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 all of those things that that tell you you can't discriminate this that or the other thing. Okay, we sure. we also you know the Constitution gave the enfranchisement to women to to the minority communities that were disenfranchised. Right. Okay, so we remedied remedied those issues. Totally agree with that. What is the remedy for corporate and government becoming one? What is the remedy for that? I don't know that the Constitution can speak to that. <clears throat> what I think the remedy Currently here is not. that we must force, we as the people have to force our state governments. We have to force them not to act in a certain direction, but we have to put the political will of ourselves. We have to be the answer, and that answer comes from demanding freer, fairer, better elections, more transparent elections, and elections, by the way, that are verifiable, quickly verifiable, by the way. See, this is the one thing that Florida got from its hanging Chad incident in 2000. It got that the system wasn't working and they needed confidence put back into the system. And guess what? Today, if you vote in Florida, you have an ability to track exactly how your vote goes down from the moment that you would put it into that ballot box to the moment that it's counted. You have accountability for that ballot. And you know, I have a question for you, Pat. When you put that into the ballot box, do you have any idea if that ballot was actually cast or not? No. No. Just because the system says that it it, it uh, read the ballot doesn't mean that that ballot was cast. And once here in Illinois, if I were to, if I I don't trust anything other than voting in person here in Illinois, I don't. And so I vote. But once that goes into the machine, what happens to my ballot? I have no way of knowing whether that ballot actually got physically counted into whatever things I voted for. None. Nobody does. We have no accountability. And so it is on us as people to, to figure out which systems are working, which systems aren't, more importantly, which ones can and can't work in specific states because Again, I've said this a thousand times. What might work for Florida might not work in Alaska, right? What might work in Alaska might not work in Florida because of population differences, because of distances, because of, you know, there might be 500 people that vote in, you know, you know, precinct in um, in Alaska, but there might be 50,000 people in one precinct in. So the, the things that work in one might not work in the other, but what we have to figure out what is the goal. The goal should be transparent elections. Our election system is wholly broken. We also should be demanding, I believe, that there's a moratorium on any sort of censorship of speech within one year of the election. I also happen to believe part and parcel of this is that we need a system in which um, all political parties have voice, um, whether that's on the debate stage or whether that is through um, funding of elections vis-a-vis -vis our government. I think that can help. And why do I say that? Because then everybody's playing by the same rules. 
Everybody has the same potential for exposure outside of packs, outside of all of those things. I, I just, we the people have to be the remedy. Do I know the answer? No. I fully believe the answer comes from us demanding accountability from our elected election officials on a local, on a county, on a state level. That's where this comes down to. Look at what's going on in Maricopa County, right? For the second right. time in a row. Yeah. We now have news that Katie Hobbs had uh, direct influence on Maricopa County, right? I'm not totally flushed out on that story yet, but that's kind of the story that's been out there, is that Katie Hobbs, the quote-unquote uh, elected uh, governor in the state of Arizona who kept her position as the Secretary of State while attempting to be elected no conflict of interest there. Nothing to see there. Do you see why people, like, we talk about democracy being the greatest. I would argue that Iraq has more credibility in its elections than we do. I would argue that Afghanistan has more credibility in its elections than we do right now. And it's because we can't trust that funny business is not going on. There's no transparency in the system. So I do agree with him that um, there has to be something done. I just don't know that there's any remedy for the 2020 issue. You can't go that. How do you go backwards? The answer is making sure that we find a way in which the rules of the game are similar. They're not going to always be the same, but the rules of the game are similar across the United States of America. Right now, they're not. Certain states have mail-in. Certain states have mail-out. Other states have drop boxes that are you know, manned all the time. Others, you can just drop them off. Nobody knows where they go. <whistles> Disappear. You have electioneering going on. You have ballot harvesting. You have some states disallow it. Others allow it. This, that, and the other thing. Here's the, here's the thing that I think we have to focus in on. That... You have a civic responsibility to vote. I firmly believe this. You also can exercise your ability to not vote. That's fine. I believe, though, that it is an action. It's not a right. It's an action. Yes, you have the right to vote. But that right is defined, right? That right is defined in the Constitution. I believe that your right to vote should be restored upon restitution of your crime if you're convicted of a felony. I fully believe in that. You've paid your debt to society literally and figuratively at that point in time, and your rights are fully restored. But the exercise of that right should include action on your part. And that action is a physical going to a polling place or physically going and voting ahead of time or whatever. And your company whomever should give you that time to do so. I believe that we have to have that national holiday on election day. That remedies the, well, I can't get there problem. Yes, you can. There's no excuse for you not to be able to get there on election day. It's a national holiday. Just that simple. Do we really need the McDonald's running that day? No. Do we need that Burger King running that? No. You know, oh God, no, you can't get Qdoba for a day. Whatever shall we do? 
I, I just, we have to figure this out ourselves. Government is not the answer here. Your elected officials are not the answer. It is you and I. So I agree with you that there could be some sort of a constitutional convention here, but I think the ultimate answers come from watching the watchdogs and putting people in place, being the watchdogs and putting people in place that will restore integrity to the election cycle. We actually have to pay attention to who we put into the you know, election commissioner um, or whom the county is appointing as election commissioner. And if that is a, a individual who is incompetent, you make the people who hire that incompetent person pay at the, at the ballot box. And that next person realizes, ah, okay, I got to pay attention to this. I, I just don't know that there's any other answer. But for the right to simply sit here and suggest that President Trump should be the president because, no, just no. And to sit here and suggest that the answer is federal government. Do you not get the problem? The problem is that we live in a fascist state today. Yes, we do. And this is the prime example of that, Pat. It is government power and corporate power merged together. Government decides it's going to influence the day-to-day -day operations of a company. That is literally the definition of fascism. The only difference is that this was a publicly traded company instead of actually owned by the government. But if the actions of the company are owned by the government, it's the same damn thing. I, we have to unfascist America. That's the reality. We have to demand that there is a silo between government and corporations. And more importantly than that, Pat, this story for me tells the story of a company allowing personal politics to dictate company policy. I talked about this last week. I don't like the term inmates running the asylum because that, that suggests that the people who are in the asylum are criminal. No, they're not. But this is this is a great example of what happens when you decide that the personal politics of somebody must be given credence to when it comes to how a company is run. No. We have to get back to corporations being corporations focused in on delivering products that consumers most broadly will consume. We have to focus in on a company's job is as a fiduciary to its shareholders. And if it doesn't act in accordance to its shareholders, there you go. The problem being BlackRock, the problem being Vanguard, all these other places that have decided that we're going to populate corporation boards and boardrooms. We're going to populate them with people who believe in ESG, the people who believe that corporations need political speech. No, they don't. No, they don't. You as an individual can go ahead and speak all you want. But here at Twitter, let me be clear on this. Your personal politics stop at the door. You, no, we have a we have a corporate culture that believes in the. How shall I put this? Not the respect for the individual, 
It is that the individual must have everything affirmed within how a company is run. No. Our duty is to run this company responsibly for our shareholders. Our duty is not to make you feel as if every single thing that you like outside of this, uh, outside of our company, has to be affirmed. No. I've lived in that world, and you have too, Pat. Right? We've both lived in the world of these DEI, all of this stuff, everybody being left, corporations. We've seen it in action. And it it kills the company. It really does. Because eventually, if everybody is of one think, you're going to sink the ship. It's We have to get out of corporations as political vehicles. They're not. They shouldn't be. They exist to provide products and services that the most amount of people will want to consume, will want to have as service to them. That's it. And until we get there, we're going to go down the road of fascism more and more and more in this country. With that being said, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show? Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And since uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna leave it at this. Nation relief to no longer have soccer to pre- or to pretend to like soccer. Just saying, just throwing that. And, and Pat fumbles his uh, attempt at humor. Please be smart. Yeah, be bite. safe. Be kind. Do not forget to eat all your meals hey, today. And as always, hey, Matthew hey, five forty seven. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It is my birth month. Oh, it is. Uh huh. Well, um, congratulations on that, Pat. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, I got you some Jeremy's razors for your birthday today. Your first gift, Jeremy's razors. I'm just why? Because I support companies that don't insult me. I mean, great. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I have no problem supporting Jeremy's Razors, but um, do, do you do you see what I have on my face? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. I do, do, does it look beard, like have I have products, shaved Pat. this off in a while? Right. They have beard products, so I got you some of that. You should be oh, happy. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate. Shut it. up and like it. <laughs> and as always, Matthew five forty seven. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.